0: Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece
1: I trust you'll enjoy. For the past 50 years, stalwart faithful Americans from all over the nation have gathered to start the new year each year to recognize January 22nd as the National Human Life Day, first established through proclamation by President Ronald Reagan, and then continuing through the years, and uh, now bringing us to the moment where we're now 50 years out from uh, the deadly decision known as Roe v. Wade, and uh, there have been so many signs of progress that need to be celebrated, but also an unfinished task still stands before us, folks, And I can't think of anybody who can give us a better sense of where we are and where we need to be than Jim Daly. He's president of Focus on the Family, and you know uh, he, along with his great staff, have been on the front lines of this and other battles for our unborn children and for our families for years. Uh, Jim, an honor, as always, to welcome you to the show. Thank you for joining me.
0: Appreciate it, Don. It's great to be with you, as always. Thank you.
1: Talk first, if you would, about the significance of the March for Life as, as well, as in addition to the whole... Uh, the whole month of January being designated Sanctity of Human Life Month. So uh, those, I think, are both important points. It's not only January 20th, but the entire month really awakens us anew to the battle, doesn't it?
0: It does. And, you know, the March for Life and, of course, our great friend Jeannie Mancini, who runs that now, they were right out of the gate way back in, you know, 1973, 74 to really get the first march established and it's just continued to build steam hundreds of thousands of people show up for the march it's it's a great celebration and i think you know our involvement years ago uh, started by participating and going and assisting and actually financially assisting uh the march for life by uh getting involved with the dinner the rose dinner and other things so it's just a wonderful way to express our values that we believe in life and uh to your point of expanding it into the rest of january here on focus on the family we we tend to run more programming Uh, based on adoption and uh, the abortion issue during the month of January because of that emphasis. So it's great. It's a good opportunity for us to proclaim life.
1: And while the march is, as you say, good and it is a great opportunity to proclaim life, as you just said, uh, for millions of Americans who can't get to Washington, D.C., they can be engaged. And that's part of what uh, you do all year long. Talk about, uh, in fact, what Focus on the family has been doing for decades, uh, with uh, families in general and unborn babies in particular, and especially uh, what you're now focused on more than ever.
0: Well, you know the the uh, ultrasound machines. We've been at that for 18 years now, placing ultrasound machines with the help of the donors of Focus on the Family into pregnancy resource centers. And, uh, you know, these clinics get battered by Planned Parenthood. They're constantly in lawsuits. And it's actually quite uh, farcical what Planned Parenthood does to keep the competition down, so to speak. And these clinics do such a wonderful job explaining to women what their options are and and talking them hopefully into the idea that life is a better choice and they can – If they can't financially or for any other reason uh, keep the child, they can uh, put that child up for adoption, in many cases open adoption, so they can stay in contact with that child long term. It is such a better solution than simply killing a child, let's face it. And, you know, unfortunately the media, Don, we've uh, allowed them to kind of uh, allow Planned Parenthood to say that they're pro-choice. You go to those clinics – I've talked to many women – they don't talk about choice. They talk about abortion. Why? Because they get $700 for that abortion. And so when we talk about them being pro-choice, that's not really it. They talk about one choice, and that's terminating the life of a child. So I, I am happy to celebrate life with the Pregnancy Resource Centers around the country who actually counsel women to consider other options rather than abortion, ending the life of their baby and allowing that baby to live either with them or maybe in an adoption situation.
1: Well, I opened the hour by simply commenting that I think there's a risk on the part of many millions of Americans who really are very pro-life, but seeing the Roe v. Wade defeat as more than it really is. And it's, it's significant, no doubt about it. It's historic. It's a watershed moment all its own. But uh, it really has, in a sense, thrown the gas on the fire for the pro-abortionists in that now they realize they've got to find alternatives. Talk about how we ought to really celebrate the defeat of Roe v. Wade, but be aware of what's happening now at the state and local levels.
0: Well, right. It, it, the Supreme Court decision just made the declaration that there is no constitutional right to end the life of your child, basically, that it's not there. They can't reconstruct it to make it happen. And so they overturned that ruling. Many, many uh, you know, watchers of the court agreed with that, that back in 1973 the court made that out of thin air. And so they threw it back to the states. And you know what, what we often forget is the framers of the Constitution, they wanted a roiling debate about core cultural issues. They didn't want the court to come in and make some kind of uh, you know, winsome uh, offhanded decision that didn't go through the process of the legislative branch. They want the legislative branch to battle this out, to put pressure on one another, to come up with some kind of a solution or no solution at all. So I, I think, again, great evidence that our wonderful constitution is actually working when the judicial branch says, you know what, that's not our job to create law. That's the legislative branch. And we're sending it all back to each state to determine what they want to do. And so that battle has, to your point, has opened up in all 50 states now. So what do we do to move forward? You know, focus on the family, along with Susan B. Anthony List and others, we're trying to uh, work together and find ways to create uh, a hero out of those pregnancy resource centers where women can come and get a full suite of services that include job training, job placement, uh, of course the essentials of of cribs and and formula, and other things that young moms need. But the the bigger point is it's a holistic approach, and we've got to get engaged. I hope all the churches, the pastors listening, man, adopt a pregnancy resource center near you, become part of the team, and uh, allow people to – and encourage people to go volunteer there. This is the battle. There's no doubt about it. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's very active right now in the wombs of moms around the nation.
1: You and I have talked about it before, and it merits going back to it in detail, if you can, Operation Ultrasound Program. That is such a turning point, such a decisive tool that makes all the difference for many of these unwed mothers who are on the fence or even maybe come just out of uh, wanting an opinion before they go get an abortion. Talk about your program in that regard.
0: Yeah. So we, for the last 18 years, we've been placing those ultrasound machines in the clinics. And uh, the the data is most consistently around 60 percent of abortion minded women will choose life for their baby after getting counseling and seeing an ultrasound. So often a woman goes to a Planned Parenthood and they hide the screen, turn the screen, don't allow them to see the baby that's clearly in there, especially in second, third trimester uh, views of of, uh, the womb. So we are proudly uh, placing equipment and training and trying to uh, encourage doctors to place their licenses with these clinics. And that entire effort has uh, resulted in almost 500,000 babies being saved over the last 18 years. And I'm excited about the next iteration of this, of what do we do to roll up our sleeves, get engaged, get involved, and we're doing something now called My Choice Network. It's a voluntary opt-in for these uh, pregnancy resource centers, and we're going head-to-head with Planned Parenthood on social media. So when a woman uh, types in unwanted pregnancy, abortion near me, Planned Parenthood pops up. They spend about $50 million a year buying that, from what I understand, buying those word searches. We're spending about two to $3 million, but we're trying to get in that second position and say there are other options. Uh, so My Choice Network, we've That effort in just under two years has resulted in over 160,000 appointments at these pregnancy resource centers. So I'm excited about that. And then, in addition to that, Don, we're really pushing ahead to, uh, again, come alongside these pregnancy resource centers. we have about 10 states identified to really uh, bolster them and bulk them up so they can be all they can be and need to be for these women that are coming for help. And I'm looking forward to that next iteration being the hands and feet of the Lord in community and really encouraging people to support, volunteer, and be a part of the pregnancy resource centers in their neighborhood.
1: Which, of course, leads to the next question that I'm sure you're ready to answer, and that is how can listeners be part of what you're doing? Because I know you can't do it all by yourself by any means as an organization, and it really is important that grassroots Americans realize Uh, not only should we pray about these things and and be uh, advocacy uh, uh, voices, if you will, but how can they practically get involved with what you're doing?
0: Yeah, I so appreciate that because, Don, I think we've talked about this in the past. When you look at where the church is in America, it feels like we're at a, a kind of a why, a fork in the road. We need to be everything orthodoxy. We need to be consistent in the truth that we believe, proclaiming it with love and peace and all that good expression. We need to do that. But we got to roll up our sleeves and actually yeah. do the work. Uh, you know, the book of James says that squarely. If, if, you, if you're not able to, To get out there and do the work, your religion is kind of thin, is the paraphrased version of what uh, James was telling us. So I think this gives the listener, the person that wants to engage, needs to engage, should engage, an opportunity to do that. Certainly financially it helps. You can support your local pregnancy resource center, support Focus and the work that we're doing on behalf of these children and women. But also uh, pick up the phone. Uh, call that center near you. I, I, there's over 4,000 pregnancy resource centers in the country. And then I'd encourage your pastor, go to your pastor and talk about the church being more engaged. I would not lay it on his plate to do it, but volunteer. Ask him if, you know, can I head that up for the church? Can I be that liaison with the pregnancy resource center to organize volunteer time and maybe even, you know, some dollars to help support the soup uh, or the uh, the food cabinetry, you know, what they talk about in terms of uh, putting in resources, buying baby formula, diapers, all those kinds of things. So there is a great way right now to be engaged with the pregnancy resource centers. If you don't know what to do, call Focus. We'll figure out a way that you could plug in.
1: Good advice and best way to get uh, to the information you're offering, focusonthefamily.com.
0: That's it. Focusonthefamily.com or 1-800, the letter A, and the word family.
1: Bless you, my friend. We'll talk again. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks, Don.
0: Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives,
1: and so can you. Your CSL plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.